Praise God. Well, you know, it's kind of this time of the year, you know, you think about all the Christmas messages and the Christmas story. I do want to talk about part of it tonight, but maybe in a little bit different way, not focusing on Jesus. I want to talk about Mary, the handmaiden of the Lord tonight. And uh, I think there's some great things for all of us to learn from her and to see in the accounts of uh, the scripture as she was told (laughs) by an angel of a magnificent thing that was going to take place. But how many of you know it had been prophesied? Maybe everybody didn't understand it. But you know, when Isaiah talks about a virgin shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. In Genesis 3, God told the serpent that that the woman's seed will, will bruise your head. Amen? Hallelujah. And uh, the devil's been a knothead ever since. But anyway, praise God. If you've got your Bible, I want you to open up to Luke chapter 1, if you would, with me. And I just want to look at some things tonight in the time that we have and see how that, uh, see some things I think that will be encouraging to us because, you know, Mary was uh, just like you and I. She's just a person alive on the earth. But it's obvious from, uh, uh, you can see from her responses that this was a person who loved God. Amen? And it's just not some random uh, uh, person. She, had, she qualified in some natural ways and I think spiritual ways. But I want us to see some things and learn some things from her tonight. So we're going to start in Luke chapter 1 verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came into her and said, Hail, you are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation or greeting this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be seeing I know not a man? And the angel said unto her, answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the son of God. Behold your cousin Elizabeth, she has conceived a son in her old age. This is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel Departed. I want to read this from the, uh, first of all, Amplified Classic, just verses 37 and 38 for just a moment here. For with God, nothing is ever impossible, and no word from God shall be without power or impossible, or impossible of fulfillment. Then Mary said, Behold, I'm the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to what you said. And the angel left her. Then I want to read this out of the Passion Translation. I actually want to read the entire passage that I just read. So chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And the reason I do this is because it says it in some ways that uh, 
little bit more modern language than the King James. It said, during the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you, and you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this, may, what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear. Let me say that again. Do not yield to your fear. Mary, the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as king on the earth, uh, throne him as king on the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign as king of Israel forever, and he will, his reign will have no limit. Mary said, how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. Gabriel answer, answered, the spirit of the holiness will fall upon you, and almighty God will spread his shadow over you, his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy, and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your aged aunt Elizabeth has also become pregnant with a son. The barren one is now in her sixth month. Not one promise from God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary responded saying, yes, I will be, mo- I will be my mother for the Lord as his servant. I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. I want to look at a couple things here. Back, uh, back looking back here in, in Luke's, in the King James account, just for the wording that it says. Uh, now this angel came and told Mary something that was f- too wonderful for her almost even believe, but then impossible in the natural. Amen. This was not something, you know, this is not Abraham and, and, uh, Sarah here. All right. This is a different, even though God had, that was a miracle that took place there. That's more of the Elizabeth, the mother of John here. That's more of what happened there. But this is something that has never happened before. Although the promises there in the Old Testament, in the, what we call the Old Testament in the Scriptures, it had not happened before. But he told her not to fear, not to be afraid. You know, that, that should be a word for us all. Don't be afraid. When God tells you something that he wants you to do or that's going to happen, don't be afraid. Right? And it all goes back to why? With God, nothing shall be impossible. You know, it's interesting that sometimes, you know, we, we see stuff and even we read things in the Word of God and, and uh, it seems like some of the things that God asks us to do are impossible, but it's not our job to do the impossible. God is the God of the impossible. Amen? And He will bring it to pass. But then uh, she, asked him a, she asked him a legitimate question. How can this be? How can this happen? As the pastor, I'm still a virgin. I, I'm not married. How can this happen? And so, you know, it's a legitimate question. And the angel said to her, I think, very two very important things. Number one, by the Holy Spirit. Number two, by the power of God. By the Holy Spirit and by the power of God. You know, that's, that's just good to remember. You start questioning, well, I don't know how this is going to happen. I'm going to tell you how it's going to happen. If God said it's going to happen, here's how it's going to happen. By the Holy Spirit and by the power of God. 
you remember in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Peter there in Cornelius' household preaching there, and he talks about, you know, God's no respecter of persons, but everyone who, you know, you know, reaches out and righteousness is found. God's going to meet him. Then he says how God came and preached peace through Jesus Christ. And then he gets to ver- in verse 38, it says, it's how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. How did Jesus heal? By the Holy Ghost and by the power of God. How did Mary How did Mary bring this son into the earth? By the Holy Ghost and by the power of God. How is whatever God has called you to do? And you know, every one of you has a calling of God on their life. I didn't say every one of you was going to preach. You might, but every one of us has a calling. Paul in Ephesians 1 said, we are to pray and ask God for wisdom and revelation concerning the knowledge of him and that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened that we might know not guess, but we might know what is the hope of his calling. Not, not, you know, it's his calling. It's God's calling. I, I don't call myself. I don't call you. You don't call me, you know, you know, granny didn't call you into the ministry as great as granny of a prayer warrior. Granny might've been, she didn't call it's God's calling. And he has a hope for that calling. And, and in, in Bible terms, the word hope, you know, we say, well, I sure hope so, but we don't, that's not what Bible hope means. Bible hope is confident expectation with the element of joy, joyous expectation. Now it's future, but God has a confident expectation concerning the calling that's on our life. Well, again, though, how's it going to happen by the Holy Ghost and by the power of God. Amen. You know, it's interesting that Mary throughout this time and throughout her life that we have recorded of the incidents that we have recorded, she had uh, these supernatural encounters. You know, when she, they took Jesus to present him the, 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 the devout man and that prophetess were in there in the temple. And then by the Holy Ghost, they said certain things. And the Bible says she kept all these things in her heart, even after he's 12 years old. And they, you know, how would you like to be the, the father and the mother of the son of God? The holy child that it just said that he, this child should be holy, right? He'll be called the son of the highest. And you're responsible for him here on earth. And you take him to the feast in Jerusalem. And you travel home a few days, you're not home yet, and you start asking for him, and he's not there. We have lost the holy child. Do you understand why they got back there awful quick? But Jesus looked at him and said, why are you so upset? Didn't you know I must be about my father's business? But she kept all these things. She kept all these things. And then we have, we'll, we'll look at it here in just a little bit uh, if we, as we get to it. But, you know, she was with them after his, after his resurrection. Mary was with the other disciples, his mother. And she was there on the day of Pentecost. And she got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues. What Holy Ghost? The same Holy Ghost. That came on her when she, when she conceived Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Mary, Mary was someone who was sensitive to the move of God and the power of God. Now, it's interesting as you read in verse uh, 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. 
as you, if you do a little background study and you start looking at that, the actual, actual uh, uh, literal translation of that says, for with God, no word of his is without power to come to pass. It's actually the word rhema. The word nothing there is a combination of the word rhema and, a, and know and think. But it's no utterance of God is without the power to bring it to pass. And then what did she follow that up with? Let it be done unto me according to, and, she, and the word that's used is the word rhema. Let it be done unto me according to what you uttered. Well, I wonder if we could get results that way. Knowing this, that no word from God is devoid of the power or it lacks the power to bring it to pass. Everything God has said is infused with the power of God. And we know it's inspired by the Holy Ghost to have been written down for us. So I'm just talking about the written word right now. This word here, every word of it. How many of you realize the moment that you decided to believe in your heart that Jesus was risen from the dead and confess him as Lord in your life, you were born again and there is no power that exists that can stop that from happening. Why? Because that very word is infused with the power to bring it to pass. Amen. And you know, a lot of times we're trying to believe God for things. That's the greatest thing you could ever believe God for. And nothing could stop that. The devil can't stop the word of God. You know, over the years, he tried. He tried. We, we call it in history, in Western civilization history, we call it the dark ages. You know, the, the Bible was shut up. It, it wasn't written in the language of the people. And then it wasn't being preached in the language of the people. I'd like to go to church, and I just spoke in another language that no one in here spoke. But it was, it was something that I spoke because I, I had a Bible in that language and I spoke in that language, but you came to church, but you didn't understand anything from the word of God. And there was no Bible available for you to look at it for yourself. What well, ushered in what we call the dark ages and the, and the, you know, it got to be where the only place the word of God was. And of course, now remember there was no printing press till, you know, quite a long time. And so every, every copy had to be handwritten. But, you know, Wycliffe, uh, John Wycliffe got put to death for translating the Bible in the language of people. Because he said, I would that every farmer be as knowledgeable of the word of God as the Pope. What he said at that time. And he got put to death for it. Because he had the audacity to believe that the word of God was for everybody. Thank God for men and women like that over the years who now... You know, I don't know about you, but I got probably way more Bibles than I've ever, amen. You know, I could start donating them now and probably still not run out for a few months. Right, Amanda? She could say amen. Glory to God. But the word of God, nothing shall be impossible. No word from God. No word from God shall be impossible. Then in verse 38, Mary said, behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, the handmaider, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. The New Living Translation here, verse 37 and 38 says, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. That's what that word handmaid means there. It's just the female 
It's the, it's the, uh, uh, the female uh, uh, version of, of servant, handmaiden. All right. May everything you have said about me come true. Barnes notes of, uh, of this, Albert Barnes notes on this said this, that it was an expression of resignation to the will of God and of faith in the promise. To be the handmaid of the Lord is to be submissive and obedient. And it's the same as saying, I fully credit all that is said and am perfectly ready to obey all the commands of the Lord. This term, Mary called herself the handmaid of the Lord. She said, it's the same as, uh, as making the decision to be a servant of your own will. Stronger language would be, it's some, translated sometimes as a love slave, but it's not from the sense of, of uh, someone owning you, has purchased you, and you have to, other than you have willingly become the servant of someone. All right? Not the, ne- not, it, I, I really don't like using the word slave because slavery is, is wrong over, for people to have. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? But I can go to God and, and out of love make myself the servant of God. That's what it means. It's a willful thing. Not out of, not out of obligation. Now, we should serve God because, you know, we love him because he first loved us. But God, God's not a taskmaster. God's not up there with some whip, you know, and wants to chain you to make you do. No, it's a willful submission to God. And she willfully had to submit to what the angel came and told her. Now, how many of you know the angel came and told her what God's word said? Right? He didn't lie, did he? He said, this is what's going to happen. But, I, you know, it, it's really, we don't have to wonder because she did it. But she had every right to say, no, nope, don't want any of it. Right? Now, well, that's not, we won't take testimonies today about, from anybody that's ever told, really kind of just said, no, I don't want to do that. And just kind of, you know, tried to walk away like God never said that, you know. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I know some of you are thinking, you know, well, I'm, not, I'm just talking about, how about when God says, forgive one another? Thank you for that one amen. Got one amen over here. Praise the Lord. I'll live off that one. Got another one over here? Hallelujah. <laughs> let's, look, let's look here in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 now. So, Mary goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth. You know, what a mighty miracle that was, that uh, this... This, this aged couple, the Bible calls them. Mary was, uh, uh, I mean, Elizabeth was barren. And uh, of course, her husband goes in and performs the priestly duties. An angel tells him what's going to happen. He argues with the angel. He, see, he argued with the angel. He didn't ask questions. He kind of argued with him and said, all right, we're going to have to shut your mouth. but Otherwise, this won't come to pass. So he, he couldn't speak. He, he became mute until the baby was born. And when the baby was born, Elizabeth said, his name's John. And how many of you know relatives will try to argue with you about what you want to name your child? And they did. And finally, he said, give me some, you know, he's got some paper. He wrote, his name is John. And when he said that, his mouth opened up. But in the interim here, she's six months with child here. And, and now Mary comes to visit her, verse 46. And, the, and Mary said, now, this is after uh, uh, She's been greeted, and, and uh, Elizabeth said that, the, you know, she was filled with the Holy Ghost and said, my, and about the baby leaped within me. Mary said, my soul does magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. 
He has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. Now, let's stop there for just a minute. I want you to notice something here. Mary, Mary has now, from what the Lord said, she, she said, uh, let it be done unto me according to your word. Now she's rejoicing in what God told her. She knows that this is not of her. She said, you know, I has regarded my lowest state of, of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty has done to me great things, and holy is his name. Don't ever forget where the credit goes. Right? Don't ever forget where the credit goes. This wasn't Mary's idea. This was God's idea. Sometimes, you know, I heard a minister say this one time. He said, you know, I used to go to God with ideas and try to get him to bless my ideas. I finally found out, let's just pray and spend time with God. Get his idea. It's already blessed. So this was God's idea. And so she says this. And, he, and she said uh, uh, in verse 50, and his mercy is on them that reverence him or fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low, them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Now, it's interesting here. We don't, it didn't say, like, with the, it didn't say that the Holy Ghost came on her and she said this. She speaks this out of the wealth of the Word of God that's in her. I'm going to tell you this. Mary was a Word woman. She was a person of the book. She believed the book. In other words, that's what they called the Old Testament. The book, you know, the book of God. And she starts talking about this, whether she'd heard it in stories. Now, remember, she, for best accounts, she's still a teenager, all right? But she's, she's somebody who's paid attention to God's Word. Who else is going to, you know, think about from God's standpoint, who's he going to look for to be the mother of Jesus? Somebody that doesn't know the Bible? No. Somebody that isn't a person of the Word? No. That would violate his own advice. He told, he told Moses through his father-in-law, Jethro back there in Exodus chapter 18, look for, look for people that have ability, people that have a reverence for God, people that, uh, ha- that are people of the truth, and people that, have in- uh, that hate covetousness. Well, the truth there, you know, that, that can be, that they either tell the truth or uh, that's part of it, but also people of the word. He said, and release ministry to them. Some of them, you let them take, some will do thousands, some hundreds, some fifties, some tens. They'll bring all the hard decisions, but you release them. So if God told Moses, those, that's who you're supposed to look for, who do you think he's looking for? Right? We know Mary had the ability. We see her reverence for God. We see that she's a person of the word. And we do see also that she can't be bought off. She doesn't, she's not covetous. She's not after this. This is not for her. She said, look, she, he's looked upon my low estate. Amen? Praise the Lord. Mary's ministry. Think about this now. Mary's ministry, other than this account, this is what we have right here. We have, we have no uh, record of her ever preaching a sermon. 
But how many people has her ministry as being the mother of Jesus, how many people has it impacted? See, sometimes we don't think that what we're doing is going to influence anybody. But I'm telling you, if it's what God told you to do, you're going to have a lasting impact. Now, you may not be the mother of Jesus on the earth. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's only been one. There only will be one. Glory to God. Amen. But you know, did you know that generations can call you blessed? Absolutely. Reminds me of the virtuous woman there in Proverbs 31. Her children rise and call her blessed. The ministry of the handmaidens of God, the servants of God. She didn't write any of the New Testament. She didn't, she didn't have a pulpit ministry. She didn't perform any miracles that we know of, but she did have faith in God and she served him and was obedient to what God called her to do. Hallelujah. See, that's, that's the key right there for all of us. Amen. And she was, she was, she is, was for us and is a great example for us that are called, especially those who are called in the, the helps ministry to help the plan of God come to pass in a local church, in a ministry, whatever the case might be, that if we'll just do our part, that is impossible, it seems like for us to do and let God work through us. And realize and have the faith that Mary had that there's not, you know, the angel said that there's not one word from God that is void of power. What was it the, the, uh, the uh, Passion Bible said? He, he said this to her, uh, not one promise from God is empty of power. She believed that. She said, let it be done unto me according to your word. Let it be done unto me. Whatever you said, God. How many things can we read through the Bible and say, let it be done unto me, God, according to your word? Hallelujah. You know, he's forgiven all of our iniquities. Let it be done unto me. Right? He's healed all of our diseases. Let it be done unto me. Hallelujah. All these things that the Bible says, just with that simple faith, let it be done unto me. What was her impact? Only heaven will be able to tell that, won't it? Can you imagine... Just, just heaven itself will be populated because she did her part. Now I realize, you know, that uh, it's, it's all about Jesus and all that. I understand that. But what if, what if Mary hadn't done her part? Would we even know about her? Would we know her story? No. It'd be somebody else. God's going to do, God was going to bring a Savior in. Hallelujah. And I find it interesting too, you know, Paul said at the right, at the right time, at the right time, modern, verse, modern language says, at the right time, Jesus came and died for the ungodly. At the right time. Woo, she was at the right time, in the right place, and she was willing to do the right thing. I'm telling you, God's, God's got a time for you. He's got a place for you. And he's got a thing, if you will, for you. And no thing shall be impossible to God if you'll just have the faith like Mary had to believe. Let's go over to Acts chapter 1. She was present on the day of Pentecost and filled with the Holy Spirit, as we mentioned. 
as the handmaiden of the Lord, you know, I think about her, her faith and her example to the rest of her children. You know, two of her other children, James and Jude, wrote books that are in the New Testament. James is the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. They're in Acts chapter 15. Not James, the brother of John. James, the brother of Jesus. Right? Who didn't, you know, there was a time that Mary and his brothers came, his family, they came to, to, to see him. And he said, who, are, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? But those who believe the words that I speak. Another time it said they came to take him because they thought he had lost his mind. Amen. You know, sometimes, you know, you don't, you don't see if you look at things from the natural. I wonder if they were some of the ones in his hometown there in Nazareth who were offended at him and he could there do no mighty work. Wait a minute. We know you, Jesus. We grew up with you. But Mary kept all these things in her heart. And now we see her here. Acts chapter 1, verse 14 says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Now they're there. Now they're there. Jesus rose again, and about 40 days later, he ascended up into heaven, and now his brothers are there. His brother with their mother. With their mother. Mothers, don't ever give up on your kids. Don't ever give up on them. Don't ever give up on them. Hallelujah. Don't ever give up on them. Look down there in Acts chapter 2 then, verse 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared in them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Who are these them? Well, it's listed up in chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, and Mary was among them. His brothers were among them. They were all filled. Hallelujah. You know, in ministry, it's interesting, uh, 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 a lot of the, when I got born again there in 1980 and filled with the Spirit of God, a lot of the folks that we were, were around, where a lot of them were, were uh, uh, members of the Catholic Church there in town, they'd gotten, they'd gotten filled with the Spirit of God. You know, they just love God. I think I told you my very first sermon I ever preached was in the parish, the parish home down in the basement of where the priests lived, right across from the Catholic Church. I preached on how to be baptized in the Holy Ghost right there. Other people did. He, the priest didn't come to the meeting. But uh, we were there in his home, and uh, uh, it, uh, people got baptized in the Holy Ghost. But I, over the years and, and working with them, they said this. They said, well, once we showed people that Mary was there on the day of Pentecost and Mary spoke, got baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues, she said, they told me this. They said, we've, we, get, we get Catholic folks filled with the Holy Spirit all the time because we've been taught whatever Mary does is all right. That was what they told me. I found it to be true, hanging around them. They didn't have anything. It was amazing. Amazing. Well, she was a handmaiden of the Lord, servant of God, willingly. And you know, handmaidens are part of the last day's outpouring and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me speak to all the handmaidens in here, all you ladies. See, only the world, only the world, not God, not the Bible, but only the world diminishes the role of you ladies. But you are part of the last day's outpouring.
Amen. God has a plan for you. Look at chapter, there in chapter, look at verse 17 of Acts. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see vision. Old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. See, that's why Paul, you in writing later on, Paul said in Christ, you know, we are, there's neither, there's neither male nor female in Christ. Now in the natural, there is a difference. Hello. I said, hello. In Genesis 1, it said, God created man, male and female, made he them. Male and female, made he them. Them is plural. That means male and females are different. Hello. But I want you to notice their handmaidens. He said there, he's going to pour out his spirit on our, his sons and daughters and upon his servants and his handmaidens in these last days, and they all shall prophesy. What does that mean? Speak the oracles of God with the power of the Holy Ghost. Do what God called you to do. How's it going to happen? By the Holy Ghost and by the power of God. Amen. Let's all stand up on our feet right now. Thank you, Father God, for this example, for what you've told us about Mary and for her example to us. Father, we just scratched the surface of, of all that's there and all that we can learn. Father, we just thank you and praise you, though, that there's not one word from you that's devoid of the power to bring it to pass. Nothing is impossible to you, Father God. And let it be done unto us according to your word. And Father, I just, as I spent time and I was in prayer concern, this week concerning this message and as I, as I sensed that you're leading me, I want to do what you wanted me to do. And so right now, I just want to say a prayer. I'm not, you're not, I don't want you to come forward. Don't want to do it. We're not doing that. But I want to pray for all the handmaidens in here right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for these mighty women of God, these handmaidens upon whom is your spirit, upon whom is your plan and your purpose. Father, I pray for them. First of all, Father God, I pray for them that you would give them open doors of ministry, that you would open doors, Father God, for them, that they might take their position and their place and what you've called them to do. We thank you, Father God, that not one, one, one word from you shall fail to come to pass concerning what you've spoken to each and every one of them. I pray, Father God, that they would hear you, that they would see themselves in your word and find themselves in your word. I pray, Father God, that they would hear your voice and be led by the Spirit of God. And Father, we thank you and we give you glory and we give you honor and we declare that we place high value on your handmaidens. And we just thank you, Father God, for all the blessing 
that they have been, that they are, and that they're going to be to us, to this world, to the body of Christ. And Father, in this, what we call this last day revival and outpouring of your spirit, in these days, the mighty places you have for them. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory for it. Father, I just ask for a refreshing of breath for each and every one of them. A refreshing of breath. But there are those who try in these days to devalue you, handmaidens of God. They're trying to tell you that you need to conform and that you need to do this or do that. But don't listen to these dissenting voices. For you are my daughters. And you are special to me as all my children are. But I have divine places for you that only you can fulfill. And I have divine plans for you and divine purposes for you. And you shall walk in them. As you yield yourself, as you make yourself available, listen, 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 and the Holy Spirit shall lead you. And oh, yes, you shall take your place. And great shall be the results, working alongside as my servants and my handmaids work together in these days. Jesus will be lifted up and men and women will be drawn unto him and then what's, ha- what's talked about in the ends shall happen and Jesus will rule and reign for all eternity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Well, lift your hands and thank him. Praise you, Father. We give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight and you need prayer for anything, if you need, maybe you don't know Jesus tonight, if you don't know him, you don't leave, don't leave here without knowing him. Hallelujah. If you need to get things right or you just need prayer, men come over to the men, ladies to the ladies. They're going to pray with you according to the word of God. Why? Nothing shall be impossible that's in God's word to those who believe. Amen.